Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 3. This is going to be our diving board, so to say, verse that we'll use throughout this series. And the series is Out of Dark Places. Uh, it said, And I will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of rich secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. You say, how in the world can you get a blessing out of dark places? How can you get riches out of dark places? Well, I'll tell you how I know, because God said so. He said, I'll give you treasures out of the darkness. I know that. So we know that. Verse 7, he says, I formed the light and created darkness. I make peace and created evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, just a side note, when he said I created evil, it's not the same type of evil that man does in sin and wickedness. When he was going to destroy Nineveh, he said, I, 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 I formed, I, I formed the evil against you. And uh, it's not the same. The devil does the evil in this world. The devil is the evil one. He's the father of lies. But God does not bring evil upon you. Now, God does allow evil to come in your life to straighten you up. He allows things that we consider bad in our lives to get us a, a, our attention, to help us to get in our right path that we need to go on. But tonight we're looking at the uh, uh, sweet things out of darkness. Now, I know they're learning a new song for me on that. I, I lit, the reason this message came about and these, this thought came about I was in a revival, and a, and a uh, man sung that song. He was from uh, Church Street Baptist over. Him and his wife sung the song, Out of Darkness, Sweet Things, or Sweet Things Out of Darkness. And I, I, I was sitting in that revival, and I just pondered on that. And I said, oh, man, I'll tell you, the, God brings a lot of things out of the darkness that sweeten our life, and they'll help us. It'll be a blessing to us. But God knows what He's doing. He said, I'll, bring, I'll give you the treasures out of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Father, we just lift it up and cherish your name. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now, let me just say this on the onset. There's not one of us in here that will be exempt from dark places in life. Not one of us is going to be able to be exempt, exempt from dark places where we wonder why. We were wanting to say, Lord, how, why is this coming in my life? Why is this happening in my life? Or are you unsure of which path that you should go down? Or what you should do? Where you ask God, why is this happening to me? What can I learn from this dark place that I am today. Bible says there are treasures in dark places. He said hidden riches in secret places. The only way that you can find treasure that God wants you to find in your life, God has to put us in a dark place. When you, in, in the old days, I read about the old days in gold miners, they had to dig to get to the gold. They kept 
having to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and his minds got deeper and he went deeper and the de- deeper you went, the darker it got. You say, why is that? Because gold is not on top. The gold is down in dark places. And that's where God has got to get us to, in that dark place. Now, I don't, some of these kids here, some of y'all might even not know, but uh, uh, before this digital pictures things, you can click the picture, look it on your thing. Before that, you had to take a camera, take a photo, take the film out, and take it to the store to get it developed. That's old school type there. I've done some developing in Fort Hood. They teach classes on how to develop film there. And it's a very uh, tricky thing. It's, you do it different for black and white than you do color. And, and the easiest to learn black and white because you just stick it in the, the what they call the developer, the uh, solution you put it in. But I find out that you have to put the film in that, that solution and get it all soaked up, and then you have to agitate it. You have to shake it so it get all over the film. And then you take it out of that, and you hang it up, and you let it dry out. Then you cut the film. God does the same thing with you and I. He'll get us in that dark place, and it gets agitating you so that you get to the place that you need to be. Do you know the only only way God can get the image of His Son in our life is Get us into a dark place. Get us into a place where we have to get agitated. Get us in a place that we have to say, Lord, help me. And that's God developing something in your life. And don't, don't be afraid of the dark places that God leads you to because God's got something good for you in that dark place that when you come out on the other side, you're better off than were before you went into it. When we come out on the other side, the world will look at us and know that we have been with God. They say, wow, look what God has done in that person's life. So the next few months, I want to look at dark places in the people's lives in the Bible. The first one I want to look at is Abraham. Look at Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. This is just the beginning of the message. This won't be as long. There's some that probably be two potters. There's some probably be two or three weeks. <laughs> but there's an awful lot of God's men and women in the Bible that went through dark places. And that, that like I said, we are not exempt from dark places when God gets us there. But don't fight against the darkness. Don't fight against it. Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 7. And, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of earth of the Chaldeans to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? He's asking God, how do, how do I know I'm going to inherit it? I'm an old man. My wife's old. We ain't got any kids. How is that possible? He said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and he divided them in the midst, and laid each one against the other, but the birds divided he not. 
And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was up, uh, sun was uh, going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of surety that thy seed shall be stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom thou shalt serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, and behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. First thing I want to show you about the darkness, the timing of the darkness. Look when the darkness came upon Abraham. It was, uh, it was upon him when he was being faithful. Abraham was doing everything God said. He said, I want you to understand something. Abraham is not living a wicked life. Uh, and when he's in the darkness come to him, he's not running around in the world. He's not running in the flesh. How can I understand why the darkness came on Sodom and Gomorrah? I understand that they were living a wicked, ungodly life. But Abraham is being faithful to God. He's doing everything that God has asked him to do. God gives him some pretty specific instructions. A heifer of three years. A she-goat of three years. A ram of three years. And a turtle dove. And a pigeon. Now, I, I know my mind works this way. What's the difference between a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old? Why, why would it make any difference, God? If the heifer's only three and, they, and a she-goat's only two years old, what would be the difference? But God has a specific reason why he asked those things. This is, a, this is a lot of stuff to do. He has to prepare it and get ready. But I, I never read where he complains against God. He never questions God. He just says, all right, God, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to faithfully do everything that I can do that you've asked me to do. Verse 10, he said, And he took unto him all these. That means everything that God had asked him to do, he's faithful in it. He did everything faithfully to God that had asked him. He divided them in the midst. He's doing in the order what God said to do. Lay each piece against each piece. He's doing everything God has told him to do. And darkness still comes in his life. I want you to understand something. You can be doing everything that God is wanting you to do. You can be walking the path of God. You can be holding the hand of God. You can do everything the hand of God with God. And you be living for God. And darkness will still come to your life. You are not exempt from darkness. You can be faithful in trumming the church. You can be faithful in witness and faithful in reading the Bible. Serving God. Trying to, to live a holy life for God. But mark it down. It does not exempt you from the dark places of life. 
Understand that we don't try to live for God to be exempt from the dark places. We live for God because He is worthy of it. I'm not trying to serve God because I'm scared of the dark places. I'm not trying to live and walk with God because I don't want dark places to come in life because I've been through dark places. I live for God because He's worthy. He's worthy of me. Some Christians have this mindset. If I was living for God and serving God, then I should be exempt from anything bad coming to my life. I am so tired of Christians saying, well, if you were really born again, sickness won't come on you. If you're really walking with God, you won't be going through that. Nowhere in the Bible that says, hey, once you get born again, your life is going to be peaches and creams. It doesn't say that. Jesus said, I was persecuted and so will you. If you live in the life of God. Living a life like you're never going to be broke in your life. Living your life like you're never going to lose a loved one in your life. No pain in your life. That's just not realistic tonight. Living a life where nobody ever tell a lie on you. As real Christians, you will have burdens in this life. We have all these problems that we have, but we faithfully serve God. And we show a lost and dying world, even when we're going through these things in our life, that we still serve God. Listen to me, if your faithfulness, listen to me, if your faithfulness only works in the daytime, I check out my faithfulness. If you don't have the true faith, if you can't have faithfulness in the dark times of life of God. When God moves you into a dark place, you look around and say, what's going on here? Why am I in this place? What's happening? And yet in the middle of that dark place, you just keep on serving God. You keep on worshiping God. You keep on doing what God has told you. Even though it's in a dark place, you still do what God tells you to do. I find that too many Christians, when they do hit a dark place in their life, they run away. We have a lot of people here tonight that's been through some dark places in their life. Doctor visit didn't turn out the way you thought it would turn out. And yet they're still serving God. Even through the darkness, the timing of the darkness is when he is being faithful. But also in the, in the time of the darkness, we, we, we find he's fighting in verse 11. The, the sacrifices, worships toward God and the fellowship toward God that he's doing for God. And then the files come down to take what he has laid out. And he fights them off. I looked at that and I said, man, that is a picture of the devil in our worship today. We come to church, we worship God, and we be faithful to God, we, we sacrifice for God, but then the devil tries to swoop in and just pick at it 
and pick at it. You may be doing something for God and the devil will just start picking. You know, you notice he didn't get any. They didn't pull everything away. They just picked at it. Picked at it. Have you ever had anybody just pick at you? Just pick at you? Just. So that's what the devil does to We be worshiping him. And you will know what happens when the devil just keeps picking at you and keep picking at you. You stop worshiping. You'll stop praying. Because you know if I stop worshiping, I stop praying, I stop living for God, the devil won't come pick at me anymore. I'll just quit. That's what's happened to a lot of Christians today. They've been worshiping, doing right, and doing things what they need to do with God. God has been on their side and God's been with them. But the devil starts swooping down and just start picking at them. Just picking at them. Just picking at them. And they get so frustrated, so tired, and so messed up. They just walk away from God. You can't even enjoy your worship anymore. You can't enjoy your fellowship anymore. And you start looking with everybody with a critical eye. You start looking at everybody else, seeing how there they are. I, I know what they are. I know what she is. I know what he's done. And even while you're sitting in the church, you can't even enjoy what the God is doing to you. You let the devil come to your sacrifice and just pick at it. What, what should I do if, if, if I feel like the devil is picking at my worship? The devil's trying to divide me from God. Is the devil trying to get me out of church? You can be faithful like you're supposed to be. You can be fighting like you're supposed to fight in the dark times when they'll come. You, you're not exempt from the dark times. But Abraham, he fought against the fowls of the air. He fought because that was his worship with God. That was his fellowship with God. I'm telling you, the devil wants to divide you from God. God the devil wants to separate you from the church. And he keeps picking at you. What should I do? Just stay faithful. Just stay faithful with him. Just stay faithful. Look at verse 13. Now, the timing of the darkness comes when he's being faithful. And, and trust me, I, I believe that we all can say we're pretty well faithful, but we all still go through some terrible times in our life. But also, we see the terror of the darkness in verse 13. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell over Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Now, Abram was not expecting this. He was not looking for this. And all of a sudden, the darkness engulfs his life. Now, don't miss this. The father of faith is scared. Now, I know we are super Christians. I, I would not have been afraid. Well, I don't know about that. But in verse 5, it said, God took him abroad and said, look toward uh, the heavens and, and, and see the stars, so shall thy seed be. Now, 
Abram don't have a child at this time. He's getting old in age. He doesn't have them. God takes him and says, look at the stars. And of all the stars you see, that's going to be your seeds, your children. Nahum said, okay, I got you. Now I know that God woke me up and said, go outside and look at the stars and above. And when you see the stars, that's the number of seeds, the number of children you're going to have. I said, God, you got the wrong address. I'm an old man and my wife's an old woman. We ain't going to have that many. I would have said, no, 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 not me. I, I, uh, uh, no, 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 nay, nay, God, nay, nay. But Abraham, with so much faith, said, okay. And he's old, his wife's old, and, and they have no seed, no children at all. But God, and Abraham takes God at his word. He's faithful. In verse 6, the Bible said, And he believed in the Lord, and it counted to him for righteousness. Now, if God woke you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, he shook you and you woke up, yes, God. God says, Brother, I want you to get up, go outside, look up, and all them stars you see up there, that's how many kids you're going to have. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> For Abraham, it counted him righteous because he believed God. Now, God's not going to come. Lord, I pray, don't do this to me. I don't need no more. No, no. But if God came and told me, I, I'd have to believe God. Now, I, I know I have more kids than what I actually have because I adopt all the children of the church. I adopt them. They're my kids. I got two grandchildren in here. I know that. The rest of my kids. But I, because I love kids. But if God said, go out and do this, go out and do that, a Abraham says, with faithfulness, and he believed God and was counted toward him righteous. That's what we ought to do. When God tells you something, believe and trust in God that it is what God said to do, and it will be counted righteous unto you. There's, the terror came when he was being faithful. Fighting would come when he was in faithfulness. I'm telling you, sometimes in the dark places in your life, the devil will lean over and whisper in your ear and say, God doesn't care about you. If he cared about you, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in now. Now, the Lord was so good and so fair. While you're living for God and serving God, why is this happening to you? You're faithful. You better be careful of what you listen to in the dark. Never doubt the dark. What God told you in the light. Let me say that again. Get this. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Because can I tell you this, and I want you to get a hold of this. If you know what God said in the light, when you hit the dark, you can still trust what God said in the light. There are two people speaking to you in the dark. The devil is also in that dark talking to you at the same time. 
God has already told you in the light what's going to happen. So when you get in the dark, the devil's in your ear telling you something different. Be careful to the voices you listen to in the dark. Because the devil will try to get you sidetracked, get you away from God, getting you doubting God, and you'll do like a lot of people, just get up and run away from God because the devil had gotten in your ear telling you, if God loved you, he would not have brought you here. God brought you to the dark place for some reason. Don't fight against the darkness. I'm telling you, don't fight against it. Because there's a reason why God brought you to the dark place to make you better on the other side. Amen. But also, in the dark places, not only the, the terror in the dark places, and the timing of the dark places, but we see the togetherness in dark places. God is not going to let you go through the dark place alone. God's not going to leave you by yourself in dark places, in that horror of darkness. Verse 17 says, And it came to pass that while the sun went down, and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. You say, who is that? Verse 18, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. I'm trying to tell you, no matter how bad the timing of the darkness is, how bad the terror of the darkness is, God did not send Abraham there by himself. And he wanted to send you through some dark places. And that smoking furnace and that burning lamp was Jesus Christ himself, I believe. There's never going to be a dark night in your life. There ain't never going to be a dark place in your life where standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's always in the dark with you. He is always in that dark place. He wants to let you know you're not by yourself. Don't be afraid of the dark. Jesus will be there. Jesus dwells in the thickness of the darkness. I know when I can't see my hand in front of my face, God is still there with me. I cannot trust myself in the dark place, but when I'm in the dark place, I can trust Him. But can I remind you, in that dark place, the devil's there too. He's talking to you just like Jesus is talking to you. But I find this, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. When the devil talks to you and he'll talk to you, you can distinguish between him and Jesus. Because he's not going to stir you wrong, he's not going to guide you wrong, but that devil is going to try to guide you in all kinds of different ways. Have you ever been to a place that you've never been before? Say, say, say you, you go to a building. It's dark, and somebody's taking you to this building. It's dark, and they want to take you to the building. And I, come here. You 
You, you, you go there and they want to show you something in the building, but it's dark. You've never been there. You don't know. Your, it's like, it's like you, when your wife changes the furniture in the house, you don't know it until you get home. And, and you say, well, there's a couch. All of a sudden, the, uh, an ottoman's there and it wouldn't, shouldn't be there and you trip over. It's the same way. Same way. But if you've got somebody that's been there before and they know exactly what's going on in the darkness, look at it. They, they know where to go at. Say if I'm going through the front door and it's dark and the light switch is at the back of the building. I don't know how to get there. I can't see my hands in front of my face, but I can see her. And she knows where the light switch is. She knows the path. She knows the direction. She knows how far to go. So she starts walking. I don't have to worry about nobody else. I'm just following her. I don't have to look anywhere because I know she's not going to lead me wrong. I know she's not going to take me on another path that I'm not supposed to go. So I'm, I'm watching her. I'm close to her. I'm sticking close to her. And, and she knows when she gets to the light switch, she turns the light switch on. Now I can see. Thank you, baby. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. God is in the darkness with you. And if you just look for Him and, and you reach out for Him, you'll find Him and He'll guide you. The smoking furnace and the burning light. What are they? God says, I'll always give you two things in the darkness that you will need. In the darkness, you need warmth. You need warmth. That's that smoking furnace. You need warmth. He said, A smoking furnace is heat. You'll get the heat. That fire is going to warm you up. Can I say this? Don't let yourself get cold in a dark place. Because you can get cold in a dark place. When you stop doing the things that God has already told you, things that you know you're supposed to do in the light, but now it's dark, and you stop doing it. You stop reading the Bible. You stop fellowship with God's people. You stop praying. You get the, It starts getting cold on you. And it's easy in the darkness for coldness to settle upon you. A place where you get no more tears when you come to the altar. You don't feel any more burdens in life anymore because you're cold. Your heart's cold. You feel nothing. Why? Because you've gotten so far away from the fire. Well, we talk about keeping the fire going inside. We pray every time we over here Fridays. Lord, keep the fire burning inside of us. Keep the fire going inside of us. Why? Because I don't want to get cold on God. I don't want to get indifferent on God. And as long as the fire is burning inside of me, I know I'm close to God. The burning lamp. God said, I'll give you just enough light on the path to show you where you're at. God never said that he would light up the entire darkness for you. But he said, the word is a lamp under my feet. Now, light is in the path of mine. He promised you he'll give you just enough light to guide you. But you got to stay close to him. You got to stay close to him. We see the timing of the darkness. We see the terror of the darkness. We see the togetherness in the darkness. But look at the tokens of the darkness. Verse 18. 
In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river of Euphrates. He said, God said, all these lands and all these people's land, I am giving it to you. That, that little bit of strip we see over there called Israel today, their land's a whole lot bigger than that. That's just what they pushed on them. But it, God gave them all that land around there. God gave it to them. That's a token. God said, I'm going to give you something to take back with you when you come out of the darkness. If you, listen to me, if you get what God's trying to show you in the darkness, He will give you something to bring you through the darkness again. If you, try, if you get what God is trying to do to you, I, I have found that you can never move on a test in school unless you have the right marks you have a passing grade I've had to take plenty of tests over because I didn't have a passing grade but I did learn if I didn't pass it then they'll come over here the next day and give me that exact same test <laughs> now if I failed that same test again something wrong with me but we had a lot that didn't they just kept taking the test over and over. But God says, hey, if you didn't get what I got, get, wanted you to get in this dark place, guess what? He's going to put you in another dark place until you get what He's trying to give you in that dark place. Too many times we get in a dark place, we fight against God, we fight against the things, and God said, you ain't getting what I want you to get, so I'm going to put you in another dark place. And that's where people get upset with God. All I did was go from one trial to another trial. Did you learn anything in that first trial he went through? Well, there wasn't nothing there to learn. Oh, yes, there is. You just ain't looking. You're not rich. I mean, tell you, when you're going through a trial, what's the first place you should go when you go, go through a trial? First place you should go when you go through a trial is on your knees. Lord, show me. Guide me. Teach me. What do you want me to get? And God will show you. He'll show you exactly what he wants you to get out of it. That when you come out on the other side, the world sees somebody different than what they went in through. If all, listen, oh my goodness. If all the world sees a Christian on this side and go through a trial, and get on the other side, you ain't showed the world nothing. I mean, it may be a heartache to go through a trial on this side, but when you get out on the other side, what you ought to be doing, thank you, Lord, praise God. You haven't changed in the darkness from the light. I'm afraid of the dark. I carry a light with me all the time. Now, I light my path. Because I don't want to be in the dark. I was in Germany, backside of an airfield, in the snow to about 18 inches. Dark as it can be. I mean... Can't see a thing. Well, that's where I was dropped off at. That's where I had to stay at. You know, in the darkness, your mind will play games on you. It will play games on you. You'll be out there and all of a sudden, something move. You'll hear a different voice. 
I have found that in a dark place, when you start moving too quick, you don't know where you're at no more. You can get running through the woods. Oh, Lord, I don't know which way to go. It's dark. I can't see. I'm hearing strange noise behind me. It might be Bigfoot. I don't know. It's coming after me. Eyes in the dark, red, looking at me. I'm about to get eaten up out here. Your mind plays tricks on you in the darkness. Same thing when God gets you into the darkness, your mind's going to play tricks on you. It's going to play tricks on you. But I have found if I just stop, take a deep breath, calm myself, look around, I usually can figure out where I need to go. But if I'm in a hurry and I'm in a haste and I'm running, I don't care where I'm running. I run all the way from Bamberg to Wild Flicking. It didn't matter to me. I was running. Amen. And y'all don't know how far that was, but that's pretty far. Pretty far. But it, you, the darkness will play tricks on your mind. And we'll find throughout this study of dark places, Abraham, this is not the only dark place Abraham goes through. He has to cast out Hagar and Ishmael, his son. When he takes Isaac to the mountain to offer as a sacrifice. That's a pretty dark place for a father, ain't it? We find that he has to bury the love of his life, Sarah. But we find that he's able to walk in fellowship with God through each and every one of those dark places that Abraham goes through. He's able to be faithful in the dark places because he had already been through a dark place with God before and God brought him through. He's able to be faithful in the dark places ahead because he trusts God. He knows God. And he knew that God would be with him in the dark place. You can count on God being there with you tonight. Don't push against the darkness. Don't get upset. Just trust God in the dark places. And there can be some sweet things that come out of dark places for you and I tonight if we just trust God. Amen.